Welcome to I Must Break This Podcast. This is the fan podcast celebrating the cinematic career of action legend Dolph Lundgren. Welcome back to I Must Break This Podcast, the fan podcast that takes an in-depth look at the films of Dolph Lundgren. I'm your host, Sean Malloy, and today is another special, unique episode. Recently, I had the pleasure of chatting with actor James Chalk. Now, if his name isn't too familiar, you've most likely seen his face. Chalk is an accomplished martial artist and actor who's been making his mark on the action genre for almost 30 years. Chalk has had an impressive career in both film and on stage, and he also has the pleasure of being a close, personal friend of Dolph Lundgren himself. Chalk and Lundgren go way back, from their early days of practicing martial arts to collaborating on film projects today. In fact, Chalk and Lundgren have starred in a total of 10 films together, with a couple more on the way. In this discussion, Chalk and I talk about his moving from England to Hollywood, his favorite film roles, his work on stage, and his upcoming projects. It was the ultimate privilege and honor being able to speak with this talent. So, for your listening pleasure, is my conversation with James Chalk on I Must Break This Podcast. So, um, yeah, so we were talking. Uh, well, first of all, I owe you a huge thank you for, for agreeing to, uh, to speak with me for, for my project, for my uh, podcast. I don't know if you've had a chance to check it out, but um, I'm, a huge, I'm a huge fan of, uh, of Dolph Lundgren ever since I was a little kid. And so naturally when you follow someone's work and when you appreciate someone's work, you start to kind of recognize certain faces and certain individuals. And you are one individual who has worked with Dolph quite a few times. And so I started looking up you and your body of work. And um, yeah, so like I said, I, I really do appreciate this. So thank you for taking the time. No so we were talking earlier about how you first got into acting, and I was just curious: was was acting something that you always wanted to go into, or did you pursue other avenues before you before you decided to become an actor? Well, um, both. I always I've always wanted to be an actor, but uh, you know, due to circumstances, I I pursued other avenues and. You know, life took me in different directions, and when I had the opportunity and I got divorced in England, I took the opportunity and uh, came to where all the acting, uh, the epicenter of acting was, to Hollywood from England, and uh, I started pursuing it uh, then, you know, so, and I, I, I was fortunate enough to, I happened to like theater a lot, and, uh, you know, I started studying with a, a coach that uh, was also big in theater. So, so I started doing theater and, uh, you know, got lucky with uh, people who recognized me and, and uh, took it from there. Now, that had to be a pretty big jump, right, going from England to Hollywood. What, what, was, that, what was that move like, that transition? I just took the opportunity of doing what I always wanted to do. 
uh, even though when I actually did land in in uh, LA, there were still other di distractions, you know, because I went through the part of, uh, you know, having fun and drinking and all that stuff, and uh, and which took me in different directions, you know, and, and I still didn't actually pursue it the way I really should have. And then, uh, you know, but I, I, I did start studying uh, acting, and uh, then, then I got lucky where um, sitting in a cafe, the typical Hollywood story, sitting in a cafe where somebody asked me if I was an actor and uh, it was actually to play uh, a role of a spiritual guru because apparently I looked exactly like uh, this guru and I, I played this uh, spiritual leader and, and went from there on it just went into you know, David Romeo and Juliet stage productions, etc. took it from there. Very cool. Now, martial arts has also been always been a passion of yours, is that right? Uh, yeah, martial arts has always been a passion of mine. I mean, I was in special forces in England, um, and then, but I've always wanted to do it. And that's actually when I met Dolph uh, London and... Uh, we were, we were both doing the same form martial arts uh, in London and he would come across from Sweden to England and we had quite a few of the same uh, teachers. Now I read something online that I do have to I do have to ask, and you know, anytime you read something you know online in any of the IMDb trivia, you never know how much of it is is factual or not. But I'm just curious: is it true that you uh, that you taught martial arts to Beverly Hills Police? Yeah, that's true. Can you tell us a little bit about that? My I, I come from a family of law enforcement, so when I when I heard that, I just thought that was so cool. Well, you know, when when I came here. Um, the style of karate that uh, Dolph and I do is, is is a Japanese style called it's uh, called Kyokushinkai, and there were very few teachers uh, in in LA that were doing it. And as it happened, uh, the actual one of the teachers that I studied under, he happened to uh, be living here as well uh, from London, so I. Uh, made a deal with the Beverly Hills YMCA to uh, open a little karate uh, school there, and I uh, started uh, teaching kids there who, who couldn't afford uh, to learn karate. And, and from there, it just it, I, it just one of the one of the police guys happened to be in the, the YMCA at the time, and I, he watched me teaching, etc. And then he asked me if I would. Uh, uh, go on and show, give them classes on a Saturday. Wow, that's very cool. Now, do, I'm, I'm just curious, do you still teach, or will you still go into a dojo and no, do a dojo? No. no, okay. No, I just, uh, I, 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 I just train for myself right now, and whenever, and Dolph and I uh, train whenever he's, uh, you know, not uh, shooting elsewhere. But when we're shooting together and when he's in town, we, we train together. Now, so you mentioned it. You mentioned it briefly, but um, about about when did you and and Dolph Lundgren first first meet up and start and start working together? If if you can go back that far. Well, we started uh, as friends 
So and I and I and looking at your filmography, I mean it, it's very impressive. And before we get into the the films that that you have uh, that you've worked on with Mr. Lundgren, but I wanted to I wanted to go back real quick to 1993 and talk about your role in the film Gunman. Now, Gunman, this has always been kind of one of my favorite action flicks from that period in the 1990s. And I was just curious, how did that role come about? Uh, so you actually seen Gunman. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that that was really a, a fun project to be on with, especially with the cast with um, Christopher Lambert and and Patrick Stewart and Mario Van Peebles, Dennis Leary. Um, how did that come about? It was kind of similar to um, the uh, how I got the role of Krishnamurti as playing the spiritual leader. What happened there was um, I was I was actually in a cafe, and the writer of uh, Gunman uh, said, "You know, as you noticed in that movie, I had long hair, etc." Yeah. And and the writer of the movie, uh, Teddy Serrano, said, "You know, I, I've got this role written in this for this movie that I'm doing." And it's almost written for you. He, he didn't know you at the time. And he says, it's written for you. Are you, are you an actress? Yeah. He said, so he asked me if I would audition for it. I did. I actually originally auditioned for the Dennis Leary, uh, Dennis Leary role. Okay. And then they asked me, if, then they asked me if I would do this one. And, uh, you know, the fact that I actually played with my throat cut was not as easy as it looked. <laughs> what was what was that production like? Do you have any fun stories from when you were uh, on that production? It was 13 weeks, believe it or not, 13 weeks in Puerto Vallarta. And, uh, you know, we had this small hotel at the time. It was called Quetoria, uh, which was off this golf course. And... Uh, I had, I had, in our rooms, I had Mario on one side and, and uh, Christopher on the other side. And you know, I don't know if you know part of the art, but it's a very small place. At that time in 1992, it was even smaller in Quaintary. And uh, there was this one woman who owned 
the house where they shot that, that uh, Anthony Quinn movie with uh, Kevin Costner. Oh, right, um, yeah. And uh, I forget what that was called, actually. Was it Revenge? I think it was Revenge, yeah, wasn't, uh, it was Mary Steenburgen as well, or not Mary Steenburgen, excuse me, exactly. Ma Madeline Stowe, excuse me. Sally exactly, yeah. exactly. And, um, you know, we, we, would, we would shoot there, but it was, it was amazing staying there, you know, and then I would have to travel to the set with Dennis Leary every morning, and he had just, he had just done these videos about him smoking, so I'd be sitting in the limo with, with uh, Patrick Stewart and Dennis Leary, and uh, this is at three, uh, four, thirty in the morning. They had been drinking all night, and I, of course, wasn't drinking. And I would still try to uh, try to sleep in the limo because it's an hour away from the hotel, and you know, to listen to uh, Dennis Leary just cracking up every morning that woke me up. Trust me. <laughs> and it, it was just, it was just a fun shoot. You know, it was, uh, some of the guys would come back. You'd hear them coming back at 3.30 in the morning. And Chris Lambert would come back at 3.30 in the morning. And at 5 o'clock in the morning, he's on set again. It was amazing. Well, well, you know, it, it. I mean, obviously it sounds like a fun shoot, but it is such a fun movie. And I was actually talking about Gunman a couple weeks ago with a buddy and how that, that is one film that I feel is extremely underrated that does not get... It doesn't really get discussed a heck of a lot in the in the pantheon of action films. It's one that deserves a proper Blu-ray release, definitely. But uh, yeah, it, Gunman is. It, it, I I think so too because I think it's very timely. Uh, you know, it, it was actually shot where they shot uh, John Huston's uh, Night of the Iguana, and also where they shot Predator. Oh, I didn't know those were filmed there as well. Yeah, uh, we we shot where they actually shot that. So again, you know, and I and correct me if I'm wrong in this number, but you've worked on ten total movies with Dolph. Is that correct? That's right. And I wanted to run through the list real quick. And if I'm leaving any off or if I'm incorrect on any, please please feel free to jump in. But Retrograde, The Defender, Missionary Man, Direct Contact, Command Performance, Skin Trade, Shark Lake, Don't Kill It. Larceny and Dead Trigger, is that correct? Uh, that's right. Okay. <laughs> and a couple more coming up. Well, okay, I was going to be getting to that. Um, <laughs> but before before we get there, were there any projects that uh, that you were working on with Dolph that maybe were not made or were getting pretty close to production, and um, you know, certain things happened or or no? Yeah, yeah. There's there's a couple, you know, that stand out. I mean, one of them called Wanted Man, which is which we still may do one day. It's uh, it's a great. Uh, it was a great. I'm not sure what what type of movie I would categorize it as. I mean, it's an action movie, but it had a great twist to it, where Dolph plays a, a a cop and just ends up you know, going to Mexico to pick up two prisoners, and he thinks they are both women, but one turns out to be a transvestite, you know. Okay. And, uh, um, for some reason, we, we actually approached that one a couple of times, and for some reason they don't uh, put on the bad burner, but you know, that happens a lot in Hollywood, you know, where, where 
financing has a lot to do with it, etc., etc. Then other projects come up, and then you have to go and do other projects, you know. So, I mean, there's been a couple of projects like that that um, that we've we've actually liked a lot, and uh, then got put. I mean, we actually uh, collaborated for a long time on actually doing an Elvis Presley uh, movie. Oh, seriously! Wow. Uh, yeah, I, the reason we stopped doing it was because of this last HBO thing that just came out a couple of days ago. We got it was more about it was more about um, not an Elvis Presley story, but it was more about him and his uh, his uh, mafia, you know. Okay. So it was. Uh, so it had a little edge to it rather than just an Elvis Presley film. Okay. And we stopped doing it because uh, Harvey Weinstein was doing the same Priscilla. Okay. And of course Harvey's name is not on it because of all his stuff. And yeah. it's the one that just came out this last Saturday on HBO. Okay. Okay. Well, and it's funny you mentioned uh, you mentioned Wanted Man because I've actually read about Wanted Man, and yeah, that you're right. That is one that that you and Dolph and um, others have been working on for about ten years. Is that right? It was right. Okay. Okay. Because we we brought it to the surface, uh, you know, a couple of times. Said you know let's let's get this done, and then we just kind of got into rewriting it for a little more uh, what uh, financiers and wanted etc and uh, for some reason then it just got put on the back burner but I, I you know I think we're actually going to make it one of these days when the time is right yeah, well, I definitely love to see it because, like you said, the the premise sounds original. It sounds unique. It sounds like a different role. It's got it's it's got it's got a really good edge to it. Yeah, you know, especially in especially in these days, you know, with uh, with the cross dresses and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, out of all the films that you've worked on, I'm curious, and I know this is this is difficult to to answer, but I'm curious. Out of all the films that uh, that you have, uh, you know, worked on with Dolph, um, if, if you had to pick one or two that stand out as your favorite, wh which ones would it be? Well, I, I think the most fun I've had is actually doing "Don't Kill It" with him. Okay. Uh, because we just because we, I mean, as as you know that his character was completely out of character for him uh, to play and uh, and my character also was so out of character and most of our scenes were together and, and just you know and we, we we shot this in Mississippi and, and he and I shared a house out there uh, while we were shooting and it was just the whole setup was so it was so unique and uh, and and when knowing each other so well and having these face ups with each other was was just uh, it was just it was fun it was great I mean and even he said he says I've never had so much fun shooting a movie but, you know that I did with that one well, and I that was going to ask you about that as well because yeah, I I have an immense affinity for 
don't kill it. It is such an original idea. And like you said, um, you can really tell that you are having a blast in the role, that Lundgren is having a blast in the role. Um, and for everyone out there listening, you played Pastor Erickson, who is possessed by the demon villain of the film. And I- I'm curious, how did you get into character for the role of this of this pastor who's, I guess we could say this pastor whose faith is altered, I guess, for lack of, of better terms. Did you, how did you get into character for that? Well, you know, obviously there was there was a, a little bit of an arc for the character from going, uh, realizing that, uh, you know, at first he, he doesn't realize that he's uh, doing anything wrong, that he's protecting his flock. Uh, but then I looked at the role and I, you know, I, I thought about, I kind of have this thing of going back to old movies. I, I was thinking about who, who, you know, did this similar kind of role in one of the old classics, you know, and I kept going back to Robert Mitchum in, in The Hunter. And, uh, uh, or was it The Killer? One of the two. He plays a priest, and he, he's actually a killer. The Knight of the Hunter. And, um, uh, I, I kept going to the character, but I, I don't really like trying to play another actor's role kind of thing. But uh, so so to get into it because because there was so much of a, a Bible thumper in this particular role in in my role from going to, from this gentle priest to this Bible thumper. So, you know, all I, all I could do to actually to, 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 to get into the role was, was take myself out of the priest role and, and look at this guy as more of a, a hot-tempered CEO of a company. Okay. And that, that's, that's really where it took, where uh, I went with it. You know, and the funny see what happened with that, especially, especially uh, that church scene is the funniest scene ever. I mean, it took us all night to shoot that thing because every time Dolph walked in, it looked at me with this, with this uh, a woman on her knees uh, in front of me uh, while I was blessing her. He just looked at that and just cracked up every time he walked in. <laughs> now um it's like i said I, I i enjoy don't kill it um retrograde is another one that i wanted to ask you about now retrograde is interesting um you know th- this was a this was a little sci-fi movie that you and lundgren had done back in 2004 it did not get an official release at least here in the states until about 2008 which I thought, which I thought right. was pretty interesting. But um, what was, what was that shoot like? Oh uh, yeah, that, that that was a really interesting shoot because when we got out there, I mean, they took us up into the Italian Alps, which was absolutely freezing. We had no heating. We didn't have, you know, it was it was kind of the organization was pretty flimsy, and. Uh, Nobody, because it was a first-time director too, Chris Kulikowski, and 
Um, so he really was, you know, he's one of his directors that was, because it was his first time out, then here he has, he's, he's trying to direct Dolph. You know, that's scary enough as it is. <laughs> you know, so, um, he, he, he most of the time left it to the uh, DP and just, just at the first AD. Next thing we know, we, we can't find him. He was hiding in the bathroom, I don't know. Um, but the first couple of days was up in the Alps and it was absolutely killer, you know. And, and then, of course, we came down to Luxembourg. And Luxembourg is the strangest town to shoot in. I mean, you, you just never, ever see anybody around. It's just, you know, it's fun for me because uh, I'd go down for my breakfast at uh, 4.30 or 5 in the morning and, and Al Pacino would be, it was a really small hotel, and Al Pacino and Jeremy Irons would be sitting at two other tables, so it would just be the three of us sitting there because they were doing the Magic of Venice at the same time. It looks like, so, <laughs> so it, it was, but, but the role was a, a it, 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 it was a nice role because it was the first role that I had that uh, was playing uh, bad guy against Dolph. Okay. And, uh, and and so that that made it really fun for both of us. Now you you talked about you know being on being on the set of uh, Retrograde where you know you're working with a director who this is his first time directing and many of these films that you've worked on uh, Lundgren has in fact been the director of and so I was curious how would you say those experiences have differed where where Dolph is not only in front of the camera but behind the camera how how have those experiences differed from the other films if at all. Well, you know, the, the, the first film he directed, he kind of uh, was Defender. And uh, he wasn't originally uh, uh, supposed to direct that movie. It was a gentleman called Sidney Fury, who was supposed to uh, direct that movie. And he directed Dolphin, another movie called Direct Action in Canada. And for some reason, uh, Mr. Fury, who had done many, many big movies, studio movies in the past. I mean, he did Lady Sings the Blues and, and uh, Burt Reynolds' movie and uh, uh, Summer Holiday with Cliff Richard. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and 10 days before the movie was actually supposed to start in Romania, they told, asked Dolph if he would direct. And Dolph just he just went right into it, 10 days prior uh, to principal shooting. And uh, you, you'd think that he'd been directing all his life, the way he took over and started directing. He was absolutely brilliant. He just, I, I mean, he had every shot up, set up the night before. He knew exactly what he was good. He just walked onto the set on day of shooting as though he'd been uh, a director for uh, years and years. Well, and I would argue, I was talking about this earlier, <laughs> you know, on, on a previous episode, but, you know, I, I would argue that I, I think that some of Dolph's best performances and best films 
are the ones that he is behind the camera on. I, I always think those are the ones that just, they look the best, and he is, I mean, and he, he's great in everything he does, don't get me wrong, but the ones where he has that kind of control behind the camera, those are the films that I feel stand out so much in his filmography. Would you agree? Uh, I do agree, uh, because, you know, you know, and, and it, it, it's, it's kind of funny because the more we get into it nowadays, you know, as we go on with working together and having fun together, uh, he, he, you know, I just, I just got through directing and starring in the stage performance of To Kill a Mockingbird. Last year I did uh, 12 Angry Men, I directed, produced, directed, and I started it. And what I found from doing that is somehow when you are directing, you seem to see see the whole picture better. You, 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 you know your characters better. And, and from directing other characters, you get to know those characters, what you want out of the characters, because you know what your character wants to do. So you kind of have that um, inbuilt character in you, uh, regardless of whether you're behind the camera or in front of the camera. So while you are behind the camera, you are still that character that you're going to be in front of the character. And, uh, it's strange how that happens, but that's that's what I I found because he's walked in right into that. But you know, there are some actors, and I, I, I've been on the set of Nicholas Cage movies where I've seen him do the most difficult roles. And prior to walking in front of the camera, he's just, he's been on the phone talking to somebody, he just walked in front of the camera and started doing the weirdest of things, you know. It's, uh, so, you know, some people have that in the and, and when you are directing and uh, uh, acting in it, you, you seem to know that character that you're supposed to be, and, and you walk into it. That makes sense. I've I've actually never heard anyone put it that way, but no that that makes that makes complete sense. Um, do you think? I mean, obviously, there's still plenty of projects on the horizon, but do you think we'll get to see Lundgren behind the camera and uh, directing a film once again? Uh, yeah, sure. I, I, he's actually set to do this other project that we kind of worked on together that is due to be done in in Rome. Uh, we were we were first we were going to do it in uh, in uh, the states. Uh, last year we had a couple of locations picked out, and then uh, we were going to do it in London. Uh, we, we changed the uh, location to London, and now that he's actually made a deal with this last uh, picture he did in Rome, in, not in Rome, but in Italy, and um, he's, he's, uh, we might be doing uh, this movie called Malevolence in Rome that he will be directing. Now, and I've read about that one as well. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but in that one. He plays a. He plays. I, I believe it is. It's a retired mixed martial arts fighter. Is that correct? That's right. Okay. Yeah. No. That that one sounds. That one sounds extremely cool. So, one of the films that you that is, I believe, in post production right now, is the film Dead Trigger. Is that correct? That's correct. 
Okay, so <laughs> you'll have to excuse me because I'm extremely curious about that one. I heard, I read rumblings, and again, this is all internet buzz, so you never know how much of it, you know, can be, is this truthful or how much is to be taken with a grain of salt. Um, but I heard rumblings and rumors that that one was not the easiest of productions, for lack of better terms, and I was curious, <laughs> can you give us any intel at all on what exactly went down on location in Mexico? <laughs> sure. Um, no, listen. First, we were shooting in Playa del Carmen, which is just about a few minutes away from Cancun. So the, the location was absolutely spectacular, and it was fantastic location to shoot in. Uh, but no complaints there. Uh, the hotel was fantastic, but from a uh, production standpoint, I mean, Dolph, I, and the, uh, so they had quite a bit of problems with the director, the director, uh, you know, I don't know what political problems they were having with the director. Anyway, what had happened there was actually Dolph ended up directing the entire movie. Seriously? Um, prior to starting principal shooting, Dolph, I, and the director sat for three days just hammering out the script and getting it completely rewritten and then um, you know uh, it, when we actually got on the set everybody looked at each other as much as say alright if this is set how are we going to do this and then uh, you know uh, Doss actually brilliant you know the way he, he walked in and said okay let's shoot it this way and he started uh, uh, you know actually taking over there but and they didn't know from day to day what locations they were going to be at. So, and then the, 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 the big uh, mix-up came when, you know, first we found that people weren't getting paid and they, 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 they were in here for big broke. Then uh, towards the end of the movie, we had gone out to check out the uh, locations that we were shooting at. And uh, we left the trailer and uh, we, we said to this guy, the locations guy, uh, all right, let's go back to the trailer. And he said, oh, no, no, we can't, we can't go back to the trailer. All the trucks are gone. So they had actually driven all the trucks, the, the, the weapons and the, the costume trucks, and they'd taken all the transport off. We were lucky that the trailer was still left there, and the locations manager was too scared to take us back to the trailer because they said that they, we, Adolf and I would get arrested if we went back to the trailer. And what had happened was, I mean, they didn't pay the the uh, transport guys, the unions, and the unions just shut the entire production down. You know, uh, they said, no, you can't go back to the hotel. And I said, well, we are. And we just went back to the hotel and we just shut production down at that point. And so we decided to take a couple of days off and take a boat trip. So... The, the film got finished, though, correct? I mean, is it... it that, is, yeah, yeah, we actually we actually did finish the film. Okay. <laughs> we, finished it, we finished it in Utah. Okay, okay. Any ideas on when the film will see a release? 
Well, I, I really, I really don't. But I, I, I think, uh, you know, from from uh, what I can gather from Sack getting a hold of me in the last couple of weeks, I, I should think it's very soon. Okay. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to that one. You know, you you've obviously, you know, you've been in the business for for quite a while now, and I'm curious. If, if we could go, you know, back to gunmen, I'm curious. How would you say action films have changed over the past 20 years? You know, if you look at your experience making a film like Gunmen back in 1993, compared to making action movies nowadays. I mean, I know that, I know that the shooting schedule is is much tighter and much shorter. What, what else can you elaborate well, upon that? The schedule has changed only because uh, technology has changed so much. Uh, you know, I mean, so you don't need as much time. Uh, you can, people are editing movies while they're making it, you know, uh, which couldn't be done when they were using uh, 35 mil. Uh, but the thing is, as far as the action genre is concerned, it changed when, because Gunman is still an old school type of action movie. You know, going back to the days of of, of uh, Charles Bronson, etc., etc. It's still it's still in that vein. The reason it's still in that vein is because you haven't got to that point of the 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 high wire uh, flying around martial arts. You know, the 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 the, the aerobatic uh, martial arts the acrobatic stuff, you know. Um, so when that came in in a big way, uh, and you, you took out the, you know, the, the, the heavy hitting one kick per customer type of martial arts, uh, and the, the, may I say, the softer style, kung fu style, uh, martial arts came in where he was very acrobatic rather than hard hitting. Uh, that's when the, it changed. Okay. It, so it became more kung fu than uh, than the real uh, actual films. And and you know, Dolph and I have many discussions about that when we're trying to put a film together as to how we can bring it back to those days of, of, of you know, just being a presence on screen rather than being a, a really little guy who used to fly around. Well, you you mentioned that you are you currently done some theater productions. Is there anything else that you're, that you're currently working on that uh, you can give us a little bit of information on, either... If it, if it's with Dolph or with with you know without Dolph, what are you, what are you currently doing? Well, uh, I'm I'm I've actually just uh, in the last couple of weeks been asked to do a uh, new series that is currently being shot, uh, and I'll, I'll be playing a, uh, a Venezuela kind of interval kind of character. Uh, I can't tell you too much about the series. One, because I don't know that much about it. But it's, uh, I know Rob Darby is actually uh, one, of the, one of the stars in it. And uh, it's about Madoff. Okay. 
Okay. And, uh, the pan and the cryptocurrency uh, scams, and and it's got a certain amount of cartel uh, uh, stuff in it as well. So uh, I'll I'll be doing that. Then I'll be doing films uh, with the Malavans in Italy with And I know that in a lot of these, in a lot of these films, you have played the villain. And so I'm curious, do you do you enjoy being the villain? I mean, how do you how do you? I mean, because I imagine after a certain point, you don't want to be typecast as as a villain. Or, but are you or are you okay with that? Well, you know, I'm I'm actually okay with it because I have to embrace uh, my appearance. Uh, I I'd like to be the the hero uh, now and then, of course, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I happen to have an appearance uh, of playing a, a, a villain. I, even though in Dead Trigger, once again, I, play, I did not play a villain. I played a priest. You know, so so, and it, and in uh, in Missionary Man, I did not play the villain. I played a Native American sheriff. So so, um, yeah, I I. I actually, to be really honest with you, have come to that point where I, I rather than playing the, the villain, I, I like to, to have roles that have a little more meaning. Yeah, well, you've played, you played two, two men of God now, so that, that's, that's, I mean, how many actors can say that? That's pretty cool. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and and they, they're very fun to play, to be quite honest well, Mr. Chalk, I have, I have, like I said, I, I have just the, the utmost respect and appreciation for both, for both you and Mr. Lundgren. I thank you so much for for taking the time to sit down with me. Obviously, I want to be respectful of your time. But um, before we close this up, is there anything that you would like to say to fans of both you and Mr. Lundgren? Well, you know, I mean, to be honest with you, that this. I, I kind of have to give a lot of gratitude to Mr. Lundgren and, and respect to him because I wouldn't have that many fans if it wasn't for him. Uh, we've been friends for over 30 years and, uh, you know, Hollywood very rarely sees friends that say, stay such close friends with so much respect and uh, trust for each other. and. Uh, because I, I've been on many, many sets where I haven't been involved actually in 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 the movie, but I'm actually behind the scenes. I am very involved because of the trust that he's given me. Because there are sometimes he just, you know, when he's doing a thing, he'll turn around to me and say, "What does it look like?" Uh, you know, and, and he always wants that. Uh, reassures from me and I, I have to uh, take my hat off to him because he's he's one star that he's always working on his craft he's, he, he meditates for a couple of hours every single morning at 5 30 6 in the morning he works out every day um, and he's not the he, he he knows what he's doing so you know i've got to give him a lot of gratitude and and, and uh, you know, to to the people always loyal to me, I I I, I really really appreciate it and thank them and love them and God bless them. Well, hey, well, cool. Well, hey, Mr. Chalk, thank you so so much for for taking the time to to sit down with me and 
and answer my questions. I'm really looking forward to these these projects that you have coming up, and um, and keep keep doing what you're doing because I certainly uh, I certainly enjoy your stuff, and uh, it's always cool seeing a familiar face pop up in the films with uh, with Mr. Lundgren. Thank you very much, Steve. All right. You. Have a good night.